yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Baywatch Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Span, and this is episode number 23 of the Baywatch Podcast. And I am joined tonight by my lovely wife, Mrs. Span. Say what's up to the people, baby. Hey, all you cool cats Oh, man. We're still doing that, huh? <laughs> we are still doing that. Oh, man. So uh, we are reviewing uh, episodes five and six of uh, The Tiger King on Netflix, man. Um, We've been having to double watch these <laughs> so we can like gather our thoughts and our notes and everything. Um, we have one more episode of this madness uh, left after tonight. So, uh, yeah, we may do that sometime, maybe like Wednesday or something like that, depending yeah. on like because, you know, nigga might have to go back to work or something. <laughs> Nigga might have to go out to work. But uh, before we get into everything, of course, let me remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Baywatch Podcast. Let your voice be heard. Hit up the hotline at area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. Leave us those voicemail messages. We will play those messages here on the show and respond to those messages here. You can also email us here at feedback at thespanreport.com. That's feedback at thespanreport.com. Leave us those emails. And, of course, those emails will get read here and replied to here live on the show as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My name on both of those platforms is Mr. Underscore Span. And you can follow my lovely wife where? At Podcast Bay on Twitter. Indeed. Indeed. Go ahead and get those follows up. Uh, also, hit us up on our website, www.thespanreport.com. You can go there and watch. Uh, no, not watch because we don't do these shows live. But you can uh, do replays of the show. You can listen to replays of the show right there from the website. Uh, you can leave comments there right there on the website. Uh, you can actually... Um, donate to the show as often as you like as much as you like and of course we really do appreciate every dime over here at the Sparingport Podcast Network and the Beer and Chicken the Baywatch Podcast specifically and uh, <laughs> also man you can hit us up on our store man get yourself some merch some Baywatch merch and everything man we got a whole lot going on on the website leave us a five star review on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio those five star reviews are the ones that get read here live on the show we really appreciate everybody who goes about the business of doing that doesn't cost you a dime just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here right so um, let's get right into it man because like I said this is episodes five and six of uh, the Tiger King man shit gets dark yo <laughs> shit gets dark and wacky at the same damn time so um on this particular episode uh the, the fifth episode uh joe exotic has a, a full-fledged new partner in the zoo in the gw zoo uh by name of uh jeff Lowe. uh jeff Lowe is the playboy dude from like you know las vegas or whatever he's the guy who's like the swinging dude who's using the cats to get women and like they go in the hotel sneaking these big cats into the hotels and everything and um he's seen like he, he comes on as it as an investor to the park and off rip it seems like most of the people who work at the park didn't necessarily like jeff Lowe. did you get that impression baby i mean yes and no because when when um tiger king i can't think of his name for summer joe exactly. joe when he ends up leaving like most of their asses stayed well so it wasn't like they were loyal to to joe well i'm saying in the beginning right so when oh I in think... the beginning i think that most of the people that that were around the park or around the zoo didn't necessarily like uh, this new voice of um, authority, so to speak. I think it came across more like they saw through like the BS, but mm -hmm. Joe was like impressed with like the flashy, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And these people, you got to think about it. Like most of the people that 
Joe hired. They're kind of like, I don't know, like the right, they're like down home, kind of down, down to earth, normal people, or they're people that kind of like have come from nothing. Most of them really like in dire straits when they came. They're kind of like, it's like once you've been in that place in life, you kind of, it's like you can just kind of see through people. You don't believe all the hype Mm -hmm. as much anymore. You're just like, Oh, you're going to take this and change it and make everything great, huh? Okay. <laughs> like, they just, you know, they seem like they saw through his kind of little yeah. facade. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it seemed like, yeah, everybody was on some, like, okay, so he comes around, he's flashing a, you know, a, a Ferrari. He's, um, you know, he's a, a, you know, him and his wife are swingers, and they go to Las Vegas, and they have all these big parties and everything. And I, I could... I, to me, it, it kind of went two ways. There were some people, there were some staff members, it seemed like, who didn't really, like, take to that shit. And then there were others, uh, Joe among them, who were, like, impressed by that and who wanted, especially Joe, because Joe was desperate for some sort of assistance with his battle against Carol. So um, you had that going on. Now, uh, the other thing is, like, it just seems like, well, shit. All of these people <laughs> around Joe just seem shady. Oh, yeah. Everybody just seems shady. It's like nobody in this looks good. Like, not Joe, not uh, Jeff, not his his uh, his second-in-command or his the, the guy he brought with him, Alan Glover. <laughs> <laughs> like, all these dudes are, like, really, really fucking shady. But, um... I did have a clip of because they were talking about as as we talk about shady characters around the park, and uh, especially when Joe, I mean when when Jeff came uh, a part of the you know a part of the thing, uh, they talked about like the creation of the pizza uh, restaurant at the zoo. So let me, I got that clip. Let me pull this clip up because this is actually kind of fucked up. We were doing okay the first year. You know we made some improvements that Joe didn't have the resources to make. I wanted to operate a family zoo, a nice zoo, but they required a lot of money. So we met this guy named James Gerritsen through Joe, who I trusted. He had some pretty lucrative strip clubs and restaurants and bars. Done a little bit of everything. I've been in the bar business, uh, ran strip clubs, worked in the circus. You name it, I've done it. I got into cats when I was about 17. Bought a lion cub out of the uh, Dallas Morning newspaper. Been around him ever since. Uh, I've known Joe a span of about 20 years. Not great friends with him, but friendly. He introduced me to a gentleman named Jeff Lowe. And then that's when me and Jeff became friendly. And then Jeff talked me into giving $14,000 to open a pizza restaurant. You can sit down on the patio right next to real life tigers, and you can have some of the best pizza that I make from scratch. And that's a Joe Exotic promise. Use the Walmart donation program to lower the food costs. They have Mm. the best pizza here. Do you think most of the meat was from the Walmart truck? Yeah. Joe was always trying to be bigger than what he was, you know. And that's just how Joe does business. Joe told. All right, so offer they calling it the the Walmart donation program. Those the meat was not refrigerated at all. 
Yeah. They're pulling it out of trash cans that are in a truck, and there's like just blood all up and through these trash. Meat as juice. Yeah, like they're just pouring Salmonella. it out. Salmonella. And they're picking out, they're picking meat out of this truck, and they're telling you like, yo, so the meat that was on the pizzas that people would buy, that would buy, chances are it came off of that truck. <laughs> now, again, his staff is already eating this meat. That's yeah, like their stomachs their, are like immune. Yeah, like now. they're already eating this meat. They've been eating this meat for a while, and like it was one of the staff members that was like, "Yeah, that's, you know, um, they've got the best pizza here." Like, <laughs> like, but he was also like, "Yeah, that meat came off of that truck though, because they were trying to lower the food costs." Like, just. Just shady, man. Nasty. Just just shady business. And, and, I, and not only that, if you were a partner in this, um, if you were a partner in this, how shady are you to allow for that to be a thing where like this is where we're gonna get the meat from for the restaurant that we're gonna have in the re- in the in the zoo? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, although they're sitting up there pointing their finger at Joe about yeah, this is what he was doing, but also you knew about it and you were in, you were affiliated with this and nobody stopped him from doing it. So, yeah, that's crazy. Now, um, we he's got a bunch of like shady characters around him and stuff. Um, he's still like reeling from this this settlement that uh, or this judgment that Carol Baskin, uh, you know, kind of got up against him for uh, the use of her copyrights uh, for Big Cat Rescue. But here's the other part. This motherfucker decided that he wants to run for office, run for president. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> like I said, like it, it, it gets it's wacky and it gets dark, but I don't think I. You know, the the weird thing about it is that I remember that clip when John Oliver, you know, that we're gonna play a little bit. Yeah. Like I remember when that happened. I had no idea this was the same guy when I first saw this story. Oh. Like, this, I had no idea this was the same dude. Really? I had no clue. I was like, <laughs> like man. <laughs> but uh, I do have this clip for him when he decided he was going to start a goddamn presidential campaign. Joe Exotic for president. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are among the most disliked presidential candidates in history. And, and luckily, there are a great many third-party options out there. There's independent writing candidate Joe Exotic, who claims to run the world's largest private zoo for tigers and produces incredible campaign videos. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. I am broke as shit. <laughs> I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. And this is all paid for by the committee of Joe Exotic Speaks for America. Wow. Just wow. Joe Exotic is truly the candidate you'd want to sit down and have a beer with, then another beer, and then several more beers until you're drunk enough to try meth for the first time. <laughs> Whenever that clip went to John Oliver, Joe got a big head. Even though they were making fun of him, Joe was the star. And everybody was adding him on Facebook and stuff. So he thought he was a celebrity from that point on. Alright, so <laughs> what'd you think of that though? Like that, that fucking twist from like pulling meat out of this truck to, yeah, Joe's gonna run for president. You know, when it comes to presidential candidates, nothing really surprises me anymore. Yeah, because the clown that we have in office yeah. is really, 
And at this point, people were saying, like, there were some people that legitimately probably did write Joe Exotic in or were really supporting this campaign. And at this point, I would have taken Joe Exotic over Donald Trump. <clears throat> I, pro- I would. I would. Yeah, that's a sad commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a sad commentary, man. Because, yeah, like, like, yeah, I think to for for the most part, when he decided to run for president, nobody took his took him seriously. Like he didn't last in that primary much at all. <clears throat> and um <laughs> like they showed there was a clip where they like they, they were showing all the libertarian candidates, you know, from Oklahoma or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like he said he wanted to he, he said, I wish I could like kiss my wife or something. He like, but I got husbands and they're like feeding our baby uh kangaroo or some shit like yeah. that. And like the reaction of the people in that audience was like, wait, what? Yeah, they were just like stone faced, <laughs> like, like, like what the fuck is he talking about, bro? Like he's running as a libertarian, which you know for the most part, a lot of folks like look at them as like you know Republicans that want to smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't give a they they want government completely out of your lives. They don't want anything to do with the government whatsoever. But um, are you talking about like people who like live off grid? Is that um? Because I always thought those people were more so conservative. I mean, they are conservative, right? So yeah. the thing is, they're conservative to a point where um, they there's a different strain of conservatism. So you got conservatives who use their conservatism to like try to impose their beliefs upon you as to how you should live your life. Yeah. Right. So like you get the religious right where you shouldn't be able to have an abortion or you shouldn't be able to get public assistance for that kid should that kid come here and you don't have a means to pay, you know, like to, to sustain it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, um, you've got a conservative line where like, they don't want the government involved in shit. Mm-hmm. They don't want nothing government at all. Right. And they don't give a damn if you smoke weed. They don't give a damn if you are on drugs. Like they don't, they don't have that same religious strain to their conservatism. They just basically want the, the government out of the way. Okay. So that it's like unfettered fucking freedom. So, so to speak. Yeah. So, um, that's where like you get a lot of libertarian. And I can understand why Joe would be attracted to that. Cause Joe's out here on some like motherfucker got tigers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he got tigers. He got two husbands. <laughs> he got two he husbands. He carries a gun. He got a a mullet, a a, a double color mullet. Man, listen, like the libertarian like strain of republicanism, I can definitely understand why he went that route because that's perfect for him, right? Yeah. But um, now he didn't really get taken like well, I don't even know if you consider it taken seriously as a as a candidate, even when he decided to run for governor. You know, like um, he was kind of like uh what would you call it? Like the comic relief for that campaign. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a lot of the locals, like they thought it was funny that he was running, you know, they, and sure enough, some people who just don't give a fuck about anything or don't give a fuck about the system at all or the process. Yeah. Some people would probably vote for him just cause they don't care. I'm like, well, fuck it. I just go vote for Joe. Yeah. You know, to a large degree. So, um, yeah, he decided to run, but it, it, it was, <laughs> it was a- reminds me of like, what was that? Was that the... Oh, I guess that was the past president election where people, instead of voting for um, Hillary, um, they wrote in... Did they write in Bernie Sanders? Some of Bernie Sanders supporters did that. And, in, and like, I just remember you, like, 
kind of like ranting about it. Like if y'all would have just fucking <laughs> voted for Hillary, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't be in all this fucking trouble. But you, instead, you decided to write in Bernie Sanders. No, I mean, because to a large degree, like I, 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 I'm a real big proponent of like voting. Yeah. And voting for something that matters. And like voting for something that's gonna like, um, n- not even necessarily just voting for you, because to a large degree, like a lot of the votes that we 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 may undertake aren't necessarily to our just our benefit. We have to think about you know other people who may be affected by certain legislation, uh, you know certain platforms that may affect certain people negatively. You got to think about that when you're going into the polls. And so you had a lot of people who their guy didn't win yeah they salty mm-hmm. and now they want to just throw you know they throwing like you know rocks into the to the mix or whatever yeah and that's what a lot of that i'm gonna vote third party i'm gonna vote um i'm gonna like do this protest vote or write in or whatever and that although you don't think that necessarily matters because you think your vote don't matter you're like well shit i'm just one person out of some odd million people yeah you and a lot of people who feel like you to a certain those shits add up and then we get a, a, a we get an orange buffoon in the fucking White House, and he's only there by the grace of maybe what seventy five thousand people. Right. Seventy five thousand people did some dumb shit, and this is what we you know this is the result of what we got. And now everybody at home locked in their house, you know what I'm saying? Because we don't have a proper sort of like um, response from the government to do us right in a situation such as the one that we're in now with this coronavirus shit, right? Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, people don't think that their votes have any um, any real meaning, but, like, we're seeing what that means right now when people don't take their shit seriously. Because I doubt very seriously the response to this particular situation would be the same if people had taken their votes seriously and just said, all right, my dude didn't win, but I'm a... I don't want that dude, but, you know... Yeah, now we're, people are saying, like, what vote blue, no matter who... But yeah, like and truth be speak, like truth be spoken, like I'm not even like a Bernie Sanders fan. People know this. I talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But if Bernie Sanders was to win this nomination, guess who was gonna get my vote? Bernie Sanders. Right, because I'm not a fucking fool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just like me being upset because like hell, even Biden right now isn't my first choice. He ain't even my third choice. I mean, but your first choice kind of got was, knocked out early. She was, she was out of it early. Yeah. Then my second choice, like you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, she's out of it. So like, I don't even have like my first two or three. He wasn't even my third choice. Like, who was your third choice? Julian Castro. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he was out way early. Oh, okay. He, he was out way early. He was like the Hispanic guy that was running. You don't even Bertho? remember. No, not Beto. He's not. <laughs> oh, fuck. Julian Castro. Yeah. I'm under the weather right now. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, like we off on a tangent, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So um, yeah, so Joe is off doing like all these other things, right? He feels like he's got like somebody behind him now with some cash who can like kind of help him with the situation with Carol Baskin. It's gonna help him do some uh some renovations to the park and everything. Um but like at the same time like people are feeling like Joe is like his eye isn't on the ball. Like he's so involved in this, like running for president, running for governor that he forgets that his ultimate responsibility is to the park. And I think at this point, some of the staff is like, kind of like a little irritated with Joe at this point too, you know? Yeah. 
Because they just like, all right, man, like you off doing all this shit and you got all this merchandise, this campaign merchandise in the store or whatever. Uh, we need to get back to, you know, taking care of the taking care of the part. But then we also find out about Joe's love life and how strange a situation that was. Yeah, that's definitely because Joe is a gay man and he's married to two men. Who we all kind of assumed was gay. I didn't assume they were gay. I did. No, I didn't. I did because I would assume that if you were... I assumed that if you were a man engaging in sexual activities with a man, then you had, you know, you had... You were you were gay. Like, that was into you. That, that was... That, that, or at least bisexual. Hmm. Right? Like, did you... Like, the fact that they were like, yeah, I'm straight. Like, but how could you be if you with this dude? You know, like... You know, I th- I just think that there's there's so much gray area there when is. we're talking about there like, is. sexuality. It just, it's not just like a linear mm-hmm. type of uh it's just not a linear situation. It's a fluid situation. It's, I th- and I think that there's just so many d- that you I think that there has to be probably a certain level of curiosity or a certain level of no, I don't want to say, like, gay men, I don't think you have to be desperate to be gay. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I think that, you know, you're gay, you're gay. That's perfectly fine. But what I'm saying is, like, the two people that he married, the first two husbands, were mm. both in kind of these situations of desperation, both heavy drug users, mm. and both probably looking for, like, a savior or something like that. Now, they have not discussed the ins and outs and who's the top and who's the bottom and whatever I else. Yeah, and so that is a whole other level of what what you're willing to do for, yeah. you know, to be safe or to be, you know, to <clears throat> continue a relationship. Yeah. You know, so I just, I didn't think that they were just like outright gay. Like they didn't. Like, because I think that there would have been, like, talk about, like, yeah, like, I came out to my family or, like, whatever else. It always, they didn't come off as just completely straight, but they didn't come off as just completely gay. Well, they don't really get into, like, like, they don't really get into, like, the, the his husband's, like, lives outside of Joe until after some real tragic shit happens. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, all up until this point, they just keep presenting these guys as Joe's husbands. Mm-hmm. And so when you find out that, like, no, nah, really, these guys were like, they were straight guys. Here's the thing, and I don't want to be misunderstood. Um, I understand that, like, you know, there isn't necessarily, um, you know, there isn't like this binary sort of thing that everyone kind of like leans into. Mm-hmm. Either you're gay or you're straight or whatever. Like, I'm not even trying to go into that. I'm just saying that, like, This particular, like, off top, I'm thinking, okay, so he's married to dudes that are, I would assume that they would have some sort of, like, sexual interaction with one another. Yeah. They're getting to the point where they were, you know. And so, I would have thought that if you were going to engage in a sexual encounter with a man that some sort of way, like, you were attracted to men some sort of way. Yeah. And so, that's pretty much where I was going with that. Like, um... And it was a surprise to me when they were like, nah, we don't really like dudes. We just, this is what the situation was. And mostly it was like, 
they were talking about their addiction to drugs and Joe's willingness to keep them fed with drugs and also keep them like yeah, with gifts and stuff trucks. like that. He was, and then know. if you look at these guys' situation is like, and if you look at all of the staff members around that park, all of them were like transient sort of folks. Yeah. You know, and so if if Joe could like, you know, take advantage of a situation, he's like, well, okay, it's almost like a favor for a favor. Like, mm-hmm. You want this stuff, then you you need to do something for me. Right. And how desperate do you want this stuff? Right. And if that's what it took, I was like, well, all right, then fuck it. I guess I'm going to be with this dude to get what I want. And I also think there was a lot of, you know, Joe many a times has said, like, I like to party and have fun. Yeah. And I think there's probably a lot of different kinds of drug use mm-hmm. and different ways of kind of getting around the fact that maybe they're not fully you know attracted to men or not comfortable with with that and i think probably also once you're used to like a a certain thing you know i don't want to be like too vulgar but like if you're once you are used to a certain thing or you become there's like a pattern or like you have a kind of like a routine Mm -hmm. i think it probably becomes a lot easier and who knows they haven't really addressed you know i know the one one of the the husbands um you know, ended up like leaving Joe for a wom- for the woman that worked at the front desk and got yeah, her pregnant. Got her pregnant. And stuff. Yeah. So like, there's who's to say he wasn't just like bi and he was into. It? I don't know. They haven't really addressed it. Yeah, and that's the point that I'm making is like I just at, at the beginning I just assumed because they were with him yeah. that they were gay. See, I didn't. I assumed and, that. But they don't even say bi. They say they were straight guys. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, make. Nah, they might be bisexual. Right. Like, that's what I kind of assumed. Like, immediately I went into thinking, like, okay, well, obviously if you're fucking a man or a man is, you know, doing you, then you, you're, like, you can't, because I just, well, I don't really know how a penis works, but, (laughs) you you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not attracted to someone, like, is it still going to work? It hasn't for me. Right, so that's why I'm like, maybe you. They was a little curious. No, I mean, be that as who it knows? may. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, be that as it may. I'm just saying, like, the, the, and I guess we're getting caught up on like the titles of how they call things and everything, yeah. and that might be what it was. But like that, the thing is, like, one of the things that I, you know, um, one of the things that I caught was that like they never really showed them being real affectionate. They show them like hugging, or they show yeah. they show them like kissing. Yeah, but even the kisses sometimes felt like 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 even the kisses like that I saw like it didn't seem like they were like really like you know loving kisses. Almost like yeah, I guess I got to kiss this motherfucker. You know what See, I mean? See, to me, it just came off like because to me, it came off like all both all three of them have a certain level of like masculine like energy mm-hmm. that. I don't know, like, there just came across like they all they both had like this like masculine energy, and it was kind of like they're not like super gonna be publicly romantic and like kissing in front of everybody. I don't know. I mean, I it, it kept at a certain point it kind of seemed to me like, especially when they started when they started talking about these dudes being straight. At a certain point, it's like, okay, now that makes sense. Because, like, that kiss didn't seem like he really wanted to kiss that guy. Well, I think... And the only reason... Hold on a second, baby. The only reason, like, they're only even engaging in this is because they know 
Joe is providing for all of these things and he won't still provide the, like they kept talking about his, the, the, um, Travis, yeah. um, Travis being a real big drug addict. And that's why I think, I think that there's a different, what is the other husband's name? John? Yeah. John. Okay. So John, I did get like that vibe of like, okay, I'm just, I'm like, this is the, the play I'm in the long game and this is what I'm going to do. But with Travis, I got a sense that he, they had a more emotional kind of relationship and like just like he would always call him like okay hun like did he call him hun though yeah i don't remember they him were showing him. The, they said even like when um joe joe was like giving the uh is that called eulogy yeah given the eulogy he was quoting him and saying like you know and then there was something else where i think it was like a letter that he wrote or something i mean but he did call him hun like a few i don't times. remember i don't, see that's the thing i don't remember actually seeing or hearing travis call him hun yeah um the only time i can remember that term even coming up in regards to joe was when joe was saying that at travis's funeral see i feel like i remember more than that and i just yeah. rem- i think that from what we see of like travis you know and him coming to like an untimely kind of death yeah um he i think he just was a a lot more emotionally charged and probably a lot more um i think like i said i just think they had more of like a different like an emotional connection Mm -hmm. um just because the nature of who travis yeah and i'm not it's not to say that they didn't like even have love for joe yeah you know i think there was there could have been love there I just think that, like, at this particular moment, you start finding out that, like, yo, Joe is basically taking advantage of some really vulnerable people. Because even um, even Travis, when Travis got there, Travis was really young. Travis I mean, they said like, that they were both 19. So that kind of brings yeah, both up... both of them were really young. That, that kind of brings up a different... Because there's different kinds of 19. I think for some people, like probably for you at 19, you were, you'd been through some really heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. You're in a different place, you know, just from like your upbringing, from everything, you're probably in like a much different place as a young man than, you know, some other 19 year old who may, you know, come, they may be kind of spoiled and, you know, not ready to be on their own and stuff like that. So, and I think also if you're, you know, they're Travis and, John, you're grown enough to be addicted to heavy illicit drugs. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they probably are were impressionable and like maybe like desperate. And I think a lot of a lot of it was fueled by addiction to drugs. But I don't think you could really blame. I could see if they would have said that they're 17 or they were 16, because like I graduated when I was like when I was 17. Okay. And I know people who graduated when they were 16. And so I could see if it was like a situation like that, but it seemed, especially when you're in the, when you're in the like drug scene, I feel like that causes you to, you kind of get some miles on you that way. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that like the fact that, you know, they were, they seem both to be in pretty desperate situations as everyone who comes to work at that park seem to be like they're in pretty desperate situations. And Joe picked out a couple of them that he liked. Mm hmm. And he's like, well, if you want to, it's, this is just my impression of it. You know, I can give you all of these things, but here's what you got to do. And yeah, like he I picked think, who he was attracted yeah. to and also who was willing. Right. Cause Be- I don't think everybody was willing, yeah, but at the like, same time, 
what happens to the guys who aren't willing, right? Like what happens to the, uh, or the, cause you know, maybe he's not attracted to all of the people who came to work for him, but like, you know, they talk later about how Joe would like belittle people over the radio, how he would talk crazy to folks. If the cameras was rolling, he would like fire people on the spot. Yeah. Like he was real, like kind of like, um, like kind of off the handle that way. So what happens if Joe, Joe exotic approaches you as you were in this desperate situation and you, and you say no, and you find yourself right back on your ass as opposed to, well, this ain't the greatest shit in the world, but it's better than where I'm coming from. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, uh, there was this other, there was this other, um, part that was going on. Cause like I said, there's like a kind of a power struggle going on, uh, with the park. Um, as you know, like we mentioned a guy named Alan Glover. Alan Glover was the guy who came on to work with the park, uh, with Jeff, uh, Jeff Lowe. Alan Glover does not like Joe Exotic. No. Like, he does not like this dude whatsoever. I mean, he's also quite deranged. Like, he is yeah, he's, off. He does not like this dude. So, I got this clip. And they're going to talk about, like, the disdain that Alan Glover has for uh, for Joe. And it's actually, this is a pretty long clip. It's about three minutes. Um, because there's a lot of things going on in this clip. So, I'm going to just go ahead and play this. And we're going to kind of go through this here in a second. Planning about Alan every fucking day. Oh, when I first met Joe, things were all right, I guess, and then it turned like the shit quick. Joe would ask him to do something if Alan thought it was stupid. And he'd say, fuck you, Joe, I don't work for you, I work for Jeff. So Joe calls me up, Alan does tell me. And I said, well, technically, <laughs> he does work for me, he doesn't work for you. I think Joe thought that I put Alan here as a plant to report back to me what was going on. I think tell that too. I have to come in there one more time and tell them to answer that radio, they're both going home. Goldilocks, bitch. Alan called me and says, I'm cutting some trees down today and Joe's standing behind me. He says, is it okay if I drop the chainsaw on him? <laughs> Alan wanted to take Joe out. He hated him that much. Fucking <sighs> unimaginable, man. He was hateful. Communication. Stay alive. Call your names over the radio. It did not just me, anybody. Goddamn girl. Feed the goddamn animals. Never in my life ever put up with anything like that. And I've worked for quite a few people. He tops it off. Daddy. All right. Now, this is the guy that they say Joe Exotic hired to kill Carol Baskin. Yeah. Why in the fuck? <laughs> Why in the fuck would Joe hire this guy to kill Carol Baskin? Does Joe not know that Alan does not like him this much? That is the only thing that I can, like, that's, yeah. This doesn't make sense. To me, okay, like, you know how, like, there's those kinds of people who, like, they're, like, real extrovert, and they're just loud and obnoxious or whatever, and they think that they're being funny, and they're so full of themselves Mm -hmm. that they have no idea that everyone is rolling their eyes and, like, fucking hates him. Yeah, Joe you know does kind of come across a little bit of so, as to how he comes across. That is the only way that I can see that Joe was dumb enough to hire this person that does not like him. Yeah, like it like this is the part like when I saw how how bad they were talking about Joe here and then later on we find out that this is the guy that Joe is supposedly hired to go kill Carol Baskin. It's like, but why would he do that? Right. 
That made, it doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. But like, once you really... Because we watched this episode twice. Yeah. So once you really go back and you're like listening to how bad Jeff Lowe and like the other... Uh, Alan and then the other guy James Garrison yeah the once you go back and you really listen to how bad that they're talking about about um, Joe Exotic it's like oh yeah. oh shit none of them did they really... set I feel like they set him up I do too I feel like they definitely I do too. set him up like it was a fucking setup. as a matter of fact while we talking about this cause I did come across I was looking for some like clip art or some like uh, you know cover art for the for this episode right and I came across this picture on Google and it's basically like a, um, it's a it's a picture that the the GW Zoo posted on Facebook, and it says, "As seen on Netflix, yeah. meet the couple who risked it all to take down the Tiger King when no one else could." And that's not they did not. <laughs> Hold on. So the caption it says like, uh, "Coming March twentieth, twenty twenty, watch the Netflix docu series that shows how one couple who loves animals took out the world's largest wildlife trafficker. Peter could, Peter couldn't do it. The USDA couldn't do it. Watch how we helped the U.S. government take him down forever. Uh, after you see the th- uh, the lurid story, come Keyword, visit the zoo. Watch how we helped the government take him down forever. Yeah." Some snitch. They some shady motherfuckers, man. Like, after you look, after you see this lurid story, come visit the zoo and see where it all took place. But most importantly, come see how healthy and happy all the animals are now that the horrible abuser rots in federal prison. Since we took over, the zoo has spent thousands upon thousands getting every animal the medical treatment and proper di- uh, diets that greed robbed them of. We defy everyone to find a mistreated or neglected animal here. We are one of the few zoo owners in America that with a spotless USDA history. So, yeah, it, it seemed to me like they came in as if they were allies to Joe. Mm-hmm. And all the while, they definitely had a plot, or they were definitely like just trying to separate this dude from his, uh, from his, from his park. Like he already had a park, they wanted it. Here's our opportunity, and um, yeah, it, it seemed like it was it was a fucking setup. It just definitely seems like it was after, and I just seen this tonight. Like I didn't even know about this until like today. Yeah, like the more you. The more you just really think about how bad that they all start talking about him and stuff like that, the more you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, they about to really take this nigga down. Yeah. So here's another, um, because this is actually part of that clip. It was all together. That's why I said it was a three-minute clip. But um, here's uh, Joe. He actually, he's in a cage doing like a campaign Excuse me. He's in a, he's in a cage doing a campaign video, and one of the tigers gets enamored with uh, one of his shoes. So. There was just a lot of burnt bridges, man. You got sound? Fucking staff tried to get me killed in a cage. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to video message number one hundred and thirteen. My name. They put cologne on my shoes. Joey John. We heard that Joe was out in the arena while he was filming one of his stupid campaign videos. And this cat was sniffing at his shoes and sniffing at his shoes. Okay, well, first of all, you haven't recognized the rest of us 40 people that are running. She was just fascinated by his shoes that day. This goes on. Ow, son of a bitch. God damn you. 
Here's all these people filming Joe being dragged around and nobody's going in there to rescue him. Get out! Go! Get! And nobody helped me. Nobody. Get out of here, you bitch! He came out with a story. Somebody put something on my shoes to get that cat to attack me. I'm gonna shoot you right between the fucking eyes, bitch. What scent makes a liger attack your shoe? If I were gonna, you know, if somebody wanted to kill you, then they would put like sardine oil all over you. Something that the cat wants to eat, not something the cat wants to drool on. Because the perfume, that's all they want to do is just drool all over it. They're just like, <laughs> All of the confusion that the Carol Baskin lawsuits were caused. Yeah, she did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> she did that shit, man. Like, you're like, what what kind of, my man, like, what kind of scent would you put on it to make a damn talk? She's like, yeah, put sardine oil on it. It'll make a motherfucker want to eat them. Huh. So is that what happened? Is that what happened? Oh, Carol. <laughs> is that what you do? And you drench this motherfucking clothes of sardine oil. Like, God damn, these clothes think. Oh. <laughs> Was that the last thing you said? What the fuck is this on my clothes? <laughs> yeah, but um, nah, it, it's it's that's crazy. One, like I said, I wanted to play that clip because it was so much going on there. You hear how much Alan Glover does not like Joe Exotic. You hear how much Carol Bass. Well, you hear um, you know how bad things had gotten between Joe and some of the staff, and also you hear like Carol Baskin possibly admitting that you know she might have had something like on some if i did it shit she's like well if i was gonna do it all right <laughs> with no fucking like no self-awareness at all like yeah they they got this shit on video now did you hear baby that they were talking about um like the uh that they were like reopening the investigation into the disappearance of her husband man after the op- after this shit came out at this point <laughs> They give her the once over. I mean, goddamn. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> but that scene where Joe, where the tiger was all into his shoes, that was a hard scene to watch. Yeah. You know, because he does mm-hmm. not. We kind of discussed last episode. Do we think that that is causing him? Over the, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Oh, do we think that this revolver that he carries around is shooting blanks? Like, because to me, it looked like he shot that tiger in the face, but then the tiger is fine. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to watch because at first you're thinking, oh my God, he just shot a tiger in the face. Yeah. You know, then he shoots again and, you know, they kind of, you know, they back back off of him, but it was just really hard to watch and then the way he just kind of like snapped like calling the tiger a bitch and everything like god damn I mean but truthfully though baby tiger like looked like like I don't know if I'd have been like I don't know if my language would have been nothing short of what the fuck he was saying you're not saying that you are passionate and you love these animals you know what I'm saying like Mm -mm. that you're not saying you're not out here like trying to fight for for to say that you're not mistreating animals and you're like you know this i hear you but i've never had a i've never had a tiger like grab my fucking foot and drag me like 20 fucking feet i think the normal reaction would be to be like really shaken up and to be scared and be like get me the fuck out of here like oh my god like screaming or whatever not fucking 
I don't know. Telling the tiger you gonna shoot it between its eyes and call I mean, it a bitch. I, I probably would though. Like that's the thing. Like I think to. I mean, we all we know we. You never really know how you are reacting until you're actually put in that situation. Um, yeah. If I had a, a tiger sanctuary and everything, um, it may look crazy that I'm you know this fucking fired up or damn near willing to kill this tiger. But I think at the same time, like. Luckily, it didn't go any further than that. Like, right. could we be talking about Joe Exotic losing the goddamn leg like one of his staff members already did? She lost an arm. She, well, I mean, you know what I mean? She lost, yeah. a, she lost a fucking limb. So, like, the idea that, yeah, you know, I know it's hard to watch this guy, like, fire a weapon around the animals. But at the same time, like, him having that probably saved his fucking life. Because yeah. it scared the rest of those cats from even coming over there. And... It's also interesting that I can't remember which episode that this is on. This is uh, episode five. No, I'm saying what I'm about to say. Okay. But when Jeff Lowe was in the in the cage with the lion, uh-huh. and the lion started to get feisty, and he yelled for like he yelled for his girlfriend or wife or whatever to get out, mm-hmm. but then immediately someone came and like had a hose and like sprayed the tiger in its face, and the tiger yeah. like ran away and stuff like that. To see to compare those two different situations, where like. The tiger was fucking with Joe for a minute, like, while he was talking. Yeah. And then the tiger drags him across the fucking... You know, he's on the ground, very vulnerable. The tiger drags him, like, a a couple, a few feet, you know, and no one stepped in to do any... Like, no hose was brought out, no nothing. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because, like, maybe no one was there, like, no one else was around. I don't know. But it's just very interesting to see that, like, no one came to help him, but as soon as, you know... Jeff was, you know, in trouble, you know. Well, that, and that right kind of goes to, like, how, you know, because um, even in this clip, uh, one of the staff members said that, like, Joe had burned some bridges with some people. Yeah. And so, like, even in that clip, you kind of see, like, um, you know, the deterioration of how, excuse me, how people were, like, perceiving Joe. Like, they, they already thought this whole idea of running for governor and shit, like, everybody thought it was a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Joe Exotic was dead ass serious about his run for governor. You could not have told that dude he did not have a shot and win. As a matter of fact, this dude that was his campaign manager was like, yo, Joe thought he was going to win. Like, yeah. he really thought that. And so everyone else is looking at this like, yo, man, what the fuck are you doing? Joe was like, yeah, I'm about to be the next governor of Oklahoma. And, you know, again, that, that, that whole, um, not necessarily understanding how you're coming across. And yeah, he found out then, like, yo, right now, I don't have a whole lot of friends over here. You know, like Jeff came in, kind of took over my park. Uh, my staff isn't necessarily like, you know, as loyal as they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like just a whole lot going on. So you had that. But then um, the other part that, um, like I said, we it does get dark. Um, we, f- we start finding out about some of the dynamics around Joe and Travis's relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we find out that, like, Travis, you know, of course, how young he was, but then also, like, his dependence on drugs. He kept talking about him being on meth and mostly smoking weed. And and, and doing some cocaine. Oh, he was doing coke, too? I yeah. didn't get that part. But, um, like, he was a, basically, like, he was always high. Uh-huh. And doing wild and crazy shit around the park. And that's a fucking dangerous... And he always dangerous had guns. Com- right. That's a, that's a dangerous combination. Because, like, do you remember that show, um, like, was it Jackass? Mm-hmm. That used to come on? And, With like... Johnny Knoxville and his crew. And Bam Margera. Yeah. And, okay, so, like, 
you know, people speculated that they were doing a lot of drugs and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And, like, shit got hairy. (laughs) You know, shit got wild or whatever else. But imagine, like, that level of, like, stupidity and, like, testosterone. Mm -hmm. Also with, like, high-powered rifles and, like, guns. Tannerite. Like, blowing shit up. And plenty of land and space and opportunity to be, like, left to your own devices to kind of be, like, on this, like, crazy... Yeah. Train. Yeah. Um. It was just. It was sad, man. Because like, he basically felt like at a certain point he was becoming disillusioned with his relationship with Joe, and like they kind of filmed some of his uh, his frustration. Um. Like he went up to a motherfucking semi truck and just started punching the trailer with his goddamn fist. I'm like, damn, this nigga about to break his hand. Like punching that. And you also that he was like. Six five, something yeah, he's like, like yeah. he's a big. He was a big guy, big, tall, you know, tall and strong, strapping young man. Which is what attracted Joe. Yeah, yeah, but then you 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 <laughs> yeah. add that with like you know how like they be saying like crackheads and stuff be strong as shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you when you be on the drugs and stuff like that, and you, there's a different le- or like when people was doing bath salts and like they you can't you didn't they didn't feel any pain. And like your adrenaline levels are all over the place. Like that's a real thing. <laughs> People hurt themselves when they do drugs. Oh, uh, it just made me think. Or you ever been drunk and then you wake up the next day like, dang, how I get this bruise on my shin? <laughs> it just made me think back to when I was in college and there was a Waffle House that got robbed while we were in it. Um, some dude he had to be high off of something. He just basically came into the Waffle House and yanked the cash register right off the fucking counter right and you know they like they bolt those things to the counter like they nailed like or screwed to the counter yeah he yanked that bitch right out the counter ran out the door with the cash register so the like when you cash the whole cash register so when you was like yo crack hits me strong as shit i, mean, I was like not, to, not to even like make light of you know trap he was in some had some deep mental health issues yeah along with the drug use and the situation that he was in and you know talking about the fact that he was not allowed to leave yeah, the park he couldn't, leave he, the couldn't park. Get, he didn't actually work at the park but he couldn't Joe would not let him go out and get a job yeah and because he wanted to keep him dependent on him yeah and you know feeling like Joe Joe's running for office and doing all these things and he's feeling like Joe's not you know giving him enough attention or listening to him and his problems and stuff and mm-hmm. whoo yeah, he was like he was becoming more and more disillusioned with the idea of it, and then on top of that, he wasn't gay, or like you know, he, that's least, still that's, that's neither they, here nor there. Well, no, I'm saying the point that I'm I'm getting at is like the people that he was confiding in around the park were saying like I don't even really like men, you know, like but this is the situation he found himself in. He felt trapped pretty much. Yeah, and so um, I just think that was like the the icing on the cake. <clears throat> Because he was like, yo, I'm in this situation with this dude. I got love for him, but I don't love him like that. But I feel like I have to do this in order for, like, you know, for me to sustain almost. And so, um... I mean, you don't think that they... I don't know. To me, it seems like when showing them interacting, it seems like they did have some sort of, like, fondness for each other. It seemed like Travis did like him in some sort of way. And I think... My theory is that that also contributed to his mental health is like kind of struggling with dealing with like 
Maybe I do have feelings for a man, but maybe, maybe. I don't want to be yeah. with this man. But how do I go about my life and try to be with a different man? Because yeah. I mean, remind, they're in like you know Oklahoma, which is not the most liber liberated yeah. kind yeah. of place <laughs> or whatever. So I think that that kind of did um, add yeah. to his like mental health struggles. Yeah. Um. So. So I, I was I was thinking about this scene right. Because they talk, you know, they sh- they actually show there was like there was a camera in the room when when Travis killed himself. Yeah, they didn't actually show Travis, you know, because do of it, the angle of the because camera. of the angle of the camera. But you see, like, every, like you 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 know exactly when it happens because the camera jerks, right? Like mm-hmm. there's like a little like almost like the the, the like the I don't want to say like the wind from the gun, but like you see all of the like the Mm-hmm. When it happens, and um, Joe's campaign manager was sitting in the chair, looking. That's at who this you guy. see, right? Really, the camera is pointing into the office, and from what I, we understand is that Travis was standing right under the camera, right? So he's out, just pretty much just out of view of the of the camera, but you are fo- you can see clearly the campaign manager, yeah, and, sitting in an office chair, yeah. And one of the things that I thought was. Um, I thought was it because he mentioned the fact that like Travis would play with guns all the time. Yeah, like point guns and point and guns at else. folks all the time. He's like, "Hey, dude, stop pointing guns at me." You know, that's just kind of how he was. And he talked about the fact that like um, he he kept he put this gun to his head, and the dude was like, um, "He said Travis told him he's like, well, you know, the mag's out of the gun. You know, Ruger's not gonna fire with the mag out of the gun." Not not the case. Apparently, apparently not. And I wonder if that was an overt suicide attempt or whether or not he really believed that the Ruger wouldn't go off and he could play with this gun and put it to his head. Like, and you know, I I just kind of wonder, like, because of the kind of headspace you think Mm -hmm. Travis may be in, like, was he really trying to take his own life or was that a a, a game that he was playing? And ultimately, it ended up in him, his life being taken. I mean, I think, and it's also interesting that you say that because the, when they're referring to his death, first, the campaign manager says when he got shot. Then he says when he killed himself. Mm. Like, it the changes how people are referring to it, mm-hmm. whether he was shot, whether he killed himself, whether he had an accident. So that's been referred to many different ways and I think because of the nature of what he's saying kind of led up to it I think it was an accident yeah because that's something weird like why would you say oh like and why would you if you're you know you have a lot of guns or whatever you got at least some knowledge of guns whether you're practicing safe Mm -hmm. you know usage or whatever you got some knowledge of what not to do or whatever so why would you say that out loud like oh it won't shoot and then you know point it to your head like i think he really thought it wouldn't shoot and he probably you know he's high and whatever else not practicing good gun safety didn't clear the chamber and then you know yeah yeah like i said it got it got real dark real quick that was very very super tough super like not i don't want to be like punny but like very triggering yeah. To to kind of think about and grasp that kind of scene. Yeah. Now, what did you think about um 
Travis's mom's reaction to Joe um, around like the funeral and everything because she didn't necessarily believe that Joe was being sincere in his grief. Well, I don't want to assume, but it seems as though Travis's mom was definitely on some kind of drugs. Mm-hmm. And she also worked at the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she felt probably really betrayed of the way that Joe was behaving because, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing this eulogy that I kind of mentioned before. And he's talking about how Travis would pull his balls out and show like, he's just, it's just inappropriate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you just, I've seen some country folk have a funeral. Yeah. And I've seen some ratchet folk have a damn funeral. But it's just, you know, certain shit, you just be like, God, really? At his funeral, you gonna say that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think she was she she was righteous to feel like, yeah, you know, you putting on and stuff like, that's my son. Yeah. yeah and I, I mean, I felt bad for her. And then to realize that two months after that, is it two months? Yeah, it was two, two months. Two months after that, Joe met and married Dylan yeah Dylan a different young man but then invited Travis's mama to his wedding with the new man Mm -hmm. and posted on social media and the you know Travis's mom was like yeah he posted that so people would say oh she's okay with it so we should be okay with it too but Mm -hmm. really part of me is like well then why did you go you know what I'm saying like why did you go if you weren't why did you smile in the picture did he pay you? Did, you know? I don't know. Like, I get she's, you know, and she's completely rightful to grieve her son and to feel to feel sad and whatever else, but... Well, I think she may have felt betrayed in the sense that, or better yet, not even, like, used. Yeah. Because, like, she probably was okay with Joe moving on. Now, you I don't get... I think at two months, yeah, I don't I think don't, so. At two months, you like... Damn, ain't this kind of soon? You know what I'm saying? Like my son ain't been in the ground, but like two months, and like you all, re- you already getting married to somebody else, right? You know what I'm saying? But I think that you know, for one, we're not dealing with conventional like people, right? right? I don't think they're doing every- anything like in the conventional way that you think that everything should be done. So there's that, but also she's on some like, well, okay, like my son isn't here anymore. Like, to some degree, I kind of feel like maybe she thought, like, okay, life goes on. And I think she would have been okay with it had he not just, like, posted it on social media and she never heard from him again. And I think that's the thing that, like, pissed her off the most is the fact that she didn't hear from him anymore. Like, he posted that and he was like, okay, I'm done with y'all. I'm off to some other shit. Yeah. And I think that's what pissed her off even more. Not the fact that, like, I mean, she might not have necessarily been all the way okay with the fact that he was getting married to somebody else. Right. But the fact that, like, okay, so I ain't gonna hear from you no more. Like, I can't, I don't work at the park no more. I don't do this. Like, I don't, like, nothing. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that hurt. And that's, that's probably where she was, like, you know, coming from when she talks about it now. You know? Um, let's see. What else happens in this shit? Because there's a lot. Like I said, we're covering both uh, episodes five and six. Um... Let's talk about that beef between Joe and the uh, the producer. <laughs> producer. The TV producer. The TV producer. I'm going along thinking, well, the TV, he's kind of like a rough, he's pretty rough. Yeah. You know, gruff, I guess. Would yeah. Be like the, but when he finally came out and was like, 
I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll produce your piddly ass TV show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he's really going after him for like the reality TV show kind of money. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me think of like, who is Mona Scott? Yeah. And like, you're capitalizing on like the foolishness of these people. And he's doing the exact same thing with Joe. He's like, oh, it'd be TV gold. Yeah. And then, you know, all I had to do was get it on a network. Yeah. But then the whole shit gets burnt down. <laughs> yeah, now, do you think he had... Do you think he burnt it down, or do you think Joe burnt it down? I think Joe. No. I think Joe. I do, too. Because I don't think he would do it. He was very, like, it would make Joe a lot of money. It was gonna... He was like, this is my retirement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's up there in age. So, I don't... I think... I don't think that he would do it. Because yeah. the way he said when he was, like, I got my dog, I got in my car, and got the fuck out of there. Yeah. And never looked back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. He ain't do that shit. Yeah. I don't think, he, I don't think the, uh, the producer did that shit either. I, like, they should, they showed this shadowy video of somebody walking away from, like, the, you know, the, the, the trailer or whatever. But you never, you, you can't really tell who that is. I guess, of course, if you know his gait or whatever, like, yeah. if you know how he walks or whatnot, maybe you could tell. But, like, it seemed to me like Joe had more reason to um, to burn that down than... Was that in episode five or six? I think we're going back to episode four. Okay. But, <laughs> I, I think we're going back to episode four. But just to wrap that up, because I, <laughs> I thought about that, too. Um, just to wrap that up, though, um, Joe had... Like, Joe went to his lawyers, and he felt like he was being taken advantage of. In yeah. the sense that, like, his lawyer was like, well, shit, if they already got, like, the footage of you, what the fuck do they need you for? They could put this out right now. Yeah. And Joe, in a fit of rage, was like, all right, well, hell, if, if that's what it's going to be, then yeah. ain't none of us going to get nothing. <laughs> yeah. And burnt the shit down. And I'll be goddamn if he didn't try to stage some more shit where, like, he's standing in the charred-ass place, like, they, they boiled alive. He's he like, no, 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 that ain't right. <laughs> Boiled alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, because then is always he on. has kind of like a pension for like burning stuff up because then yeah. when he needs to get out of, he's leaving the zoo because Jeff yeah. has, you know, pretty much kicked him off. He goes and burns all the paperwork and computers and stuff yeah. that were in the office. And so here's the thing. That's, and that's what made me think back to uh, episode four with uh, with the uh, producer and the, the fire at the in the studio. Yeah. Is that eventually joe and jeff Lowe fall out and jeff is and and jeff falls out with him because he's hearing that joe he's hearing that joe is under investigation too many j names yeah he's hearing that joe is under investigation like he's going to the banks and the banks are like is everything all right over there at the park and joe misappropriated the funds from the zoo for to use for for his his campaign and so they get into this big you know this big hullabaloo Way to use that word in the sense. Oh man! <laughs> and getting into this big hullabazoo. See, I done fucked it up. A hullabazoo. Hullabazoo. There we go. Hullabazoo. <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's basically like a wrapped around like, yo, man, you've been using these the the, the 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 funds from the park to camp, you know, to fund your campaign. That's illegal. You can't do that. And you got me, you know, wrapped up in this. I came here to help you. Yada yada yada. Truthfully speaking, I think he already knew that's what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Looking back on a whole lot of this shit, I'm thinking that uh, Jeff had. It was no way he was clueless as to what all this was. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you want us to believe that 
Um, you came in to take over the park, take over the park's financials. How in the fuck did you have no clue that yeah. Joe was misappropriating but, these funds for that campaign? Yeah, and I just found it weird that like he was like, okay, we packed and we left and we went to Vegas and we thought we was gonna do our own thing. But then come to find out, like you still had money and stuff, and you were still invested in the yeah. zoo. So then you come back, and you're mad all of a sudden that yeah. you know he misappropriated these funds. And I not to say that not to say that you know Joe wasn't fucked up for doing it when they talk about you yeah. know he was forging signatures and shit to get the checks and whatever else he was writing these stuffs out in Joe uh, in Jeff Lowe's name. Um, it's fucked up. But when Joe leaves. Joe is burning shit. He's burning paperwork. He's burning computers. He's throwing all this shit in the pit and setting They're it on fire. Moving, like, moving cats in the middle of the night, tranquilizing cats. Tranquilizing I mean, and cats. that I don't know. To me, they do a good job in this series of not showing too much like abuse of animals. But yeah. the stuff that they do show, because when they when they do show, I don't know. Maybe I'm just sensitive. Like I'm not. It sounds hypocritical because like I'm not a vegetarian or, any, or anything. No, but. Gosh, seeing them, you know, and seeing the tiger looking all woozy and like out of it and just like, ooh. Yeah. It's rough. And not only that, when he was moving those tigers out of the uh, the park and they were talking about he was selling some of them. Like we went, we sold some in uh, Vegas. We sold some in Oklahoma. We sold some in this place. And this cat's was like four or $5,000. And I'm like, damn, that's it. I, I mean, w- there's dogs that you got to yeah. pay $5,000 for. But then when you think about it, it's not... You know, okay, buying, a, like, for example, for the example with dogs, buying, like, a, a pure, like, uh, pit bull with all the papers and stuff like that, a legal transaction, you know, is going to cost you more than, you know, mm-hmm. DeMarcus down the street got some blue-nosed pits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He might still tax you because, you know, that's what people want. But, like, this is, this is not, these are not, like, legal transactions this is like people in the middle of the night buying and selling exotic animals yeah i I get that but at the same time i'm like just five thousand dollars for a whole ass tiger though i mean what you want one no i don't want one i'm just saying like (laughs) that's it like i i never could have fathomed yeah you you would think you would think yeah i never would have fathomed that you could buy a tiger for that lower price like i would have thought it was at least ten to fifteen thousand dollars to buy a tiger And and the thing about it is is maybe for zoos and stuff like that it might be yeah. Maybe for certain, you know, when it is comes to like legal not above the table transactions of people that are purchasing animals or whatever else, mm-hmm. it might be or just different animals for different use or whatever because it also made me think about like it's people buying horses for like $100,000. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like whew. But yeah, it is kind of shocking. Yeah. And I'm wondering also, because Joe is saying, like, he's aggressively breeding these animals, and I'm wondering if that's also a reason, because it may be, like, if you captured two tigers from the wild and, like, you are selling their first-generation baby or selling one of these tigers from the wild, Mm -hmm. maybe it's more expensive because of, like, their their blood, you know, their pure-blooded. And then now you're just taking a tiger from wherever and a tiger from wherever else and... So putting like, them together al- almost as if it was like a diluted kind of yeah like like the 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 breed isn't as 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 strong yeah it's not as pure as you would have liked yeah that's but, also why i'm wondering if but that's also, why they're cheap do you really want a prime no you know what i'm saying like he's, like i was said before he's b- breeding these tigers and 
like I was talking about how yeah, you know you're training them and you're raising them, you're taking them away from their their mother very much, much the same way that Carol Baskin used to do. Very, very, very soon, and you're having people pet them and touch them. Their people are in the enclosures with them and stuff like that. So yeah. it's a whole, they're a whole different. It's like almost like a whole different kind of animal, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Joe ends up, you know, leaving the part after this big ass blow up with Jeff. Um, Jeff actually like threatened this dude like I I blow your head off if you come back here. Yeah. So basically, Joe's Park ain't he is no more. It's been completely taken over. It's Jeff Lowe's Park now. Um, Joe finds himself like so he went he goes and gets like a burner phone, and he goes to like this non disclosed location, mm-hmm. and he talks about how dangerous Jeff Lowe is. Yeah. Ultimately, like we kind of find out like Joe's kind of like on the run. Yeah. But we don't necessarily know what Joe is on the run for just yet. Was it the campaign financial, like, you know, laws that he possibly broke? Or was it the fact that, like, him, Jeff Lowe, James Garrison, and Alan uh, Glover Alan Glover was plotting to kill Carol Baskin? You know, well, I don't think them niggas was plotting to kill Carol Baskin. I think they was telling Joe they was plotting to, Carol, to kill Carol up. Baskin to set his ass up. Yeah. Because I don't think they're not the ones that had a big problem with her. Joe had a problem with her. And this is the reason why I think that it's bullshit that Jeff Lowe didn't know that the monies was being taken out of the uh, campaign or the, the park to pay for the campaign. I think that was Jeff Lowe's out. Because think about this. If, like, yeah, if I can get this guy off of here, if I can, you know, yeah, we all planning this, this shit here with the Carol Baskin thing. I ain't really got no real problem with Carol Baskin. She didn't do it to me. She did it to this guy. But if I can get this dude out of the way, this is the way I can do it to give myself some plausible deniability. Right? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna blow up about this these monies. Like, yeah, you gotta get the fuck out of here. You've been you you fucking off my money. I came here to help you, and this is how you do me, yada yada yada. But also, yeah, we got this whole murder for hire plot going on. I did say some shit. I did look up some some schematics. We talked about this, all four of us, but we gonna make this look like yeah, it was all Joe though. Yeah, and that's pretty much where I'm at with this now. Like I think that they all kind of like at a certain point set Joe up, and Joe was like way too willing to participate, and that's the other part. You know, like Joe was way too willing to just kind of like go along with this idea of killing Carol Basket. He really did want Carol Basket out of the way. He. You know, I think it's one of those things where he's quite oblivious to the people who he's surrounded by and how they really feel about him. Unlike a person like you or I, well, me especially, like, I overthink every single interaction that I ever have with, like, a friend or, you know, anybody else. I'm acutely aware Mm -hmm. of how people perceive me and how people, you know, think about me and whatever else he is completely the opposite he is because why would you these people don't like you he doesn't know it and he doesn't quite understand that so why would you ever trust them with that kind of thing like if i'm gonna hire somebody to kill somebody you know like i'm not (laughs) yeah i'm not telling you know some some girl that hates me and then she got a brother that can do no 
Not only that, like, so here's the other tripped out part about it, because Joe even says this on the phone call from jail. He was like, why would I hire, give a five, he said, why would I give a crackhead $5,000 to go kill anybody? Right. But she gave him $3,000. Right. You know, like, and the whole thing was, like, they were, they were trying to get Joe set up, like, um, they were trying to get Joe set up, but, like, Joe didn't pay somebody, so they couldn't get him the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that's when Jeff Lowe came out with the information. Like, oh, yeah, he paid my boy. The boy that don't like. Right. And also, there's something, the Alan Glover dude, there's something real off with him. And he's he's, he's, transient. He's he's He's, Jeff Lowe's, like. Flunky. Yes. Like. Yeah. Because the conversation where he was saying, like, yeah, you know, I just did exactly what Jeff told me to do. Oh. Yeah. And he's like, I just told exactly what happened no you told what Jeff said to do and then that whole setup call where Jeff's on the phone he's like now just tell me from the beginning he's coaching he's obviously been coached to say you know and then oh boy with the Dutch boy haircut (laughs) that owns the strip clubs over here talking about some you know he the first one that got with the feds or whatever else and then he confides in Jeff Lowe and they all get with the feds like how you gonna come across as you you all supposed to be some hard ass gangster ass people but y'all some snitches some snitch some ass federal informants <laughs> that whole shit man they really set they set my boy Joe on up but you know what like here's here's what's tripped out right here's what's tripped out about this entire thing right now Joe ain't innocent right like Joe <sighs> Joe did some fucked up shit, but the way that, like, the people around him, you almost sympathize with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of the shady shit that's going on around Joe, even though Joe is out here doing all this fuck-ass shit. Yeah. Like, you look at the people around him and the way that they kind of, like, plotting around him, you like, well, damn. Joe ain't, like, damn. And you almost, you almost sympathize with Joe. Yeah. Like, and that's where I'm at. I'm like, well, damn. Just, well, maybe he don't necessarily deserve to be it. Damn, he was willing to have a kill. But damn, but they ain't had to... But yeah, he did do... Like, you know, you kind of going back and forth on that shit. And that's where I'm at. Like, damn, man. Like, (laughs) that's why I was so funny when, like, they were talking about Cardi B putting up the money, like, trying to come up with a GoFundMe to get Joe out of jail. (laughs) Because, like, I get it. Like, yo, you you, you want something like, yeah, they, they, they set this motherfucker up something funny. But at the same time, like, he was a willing motherfucking participant. Yeah, like, it's not like his hands are completely clean of the situation. Nobody's is. the way that they're kind of editing this whole yeah. series, they allow you to see a little bit of, like, the frailty, a little bit of, like, the emotional side. Yeah. They allow you to kind of see, like, they they didn't completely dehumanize um, yeah. Joe. They allow you to kind of see the more emotional side of him. Yeah. So that's what kind of makes you feel like that, like, damn, like, I mean, but he's just a nice man that loves tigers. But then he is kind of fucked up because he did do that. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the whole shit with like shooting the, the 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 sex doll and like his obsession with like Carol, like just the whole thing. It just, it's just, it's 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 a sordid fucking tale to say the least. It's a roller coaster. It definitely is. So, um, we gonna cut this here. We've been on for a while. Uh, we got one more episode. Yeah. of the Tiger King episode 7 and uh, we're going to review that later this week but uh, before we get out of here let me talk in fine print oh babe <laughs> <laughs>
let me talk fine print. <laughs> or as I like to say, remind you guys how to get in touch with us over here at the Baywatch Podcast. Let your voice be heard. Hit up the hotline, area code 313-288-0485. That's area code 313-288-0485. You can also email us here at the show at feedback at thespanreport.com. That's feedback at thespanreport.com. Leave us those emails. Of course, those emails we get right here live on the show and responded to. Uh, you can also uh, hit no, us up. No, they won't. Only five-star reviews get read, right? Well, those get read and emails get read. Oh, okay. <laughs> Five star views get read, emails get read, uh, comments on Castbox get read. Um, only if they're nice, though. Um, oh my God, are people saying mean things? I mean, people don't. You know, I, I I say some things and people don't necessarily like me. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it is what it is. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> also. Hit us up on the website, www.thespareport.com. Uh, listen to replays of the show. Leave comments there on the show. Uh, you can go to our website, donate to the show as often as you like, as much as you like. And we really do appreciate every dime over here at the Spare Report Podcast Network and the Baywatch Podcast specifically. And uh, you can also hit up our store from the, uh, from the website. Get yourself some merch. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We're going to talk to you all again soon. But until next time, fam, peace. Bye. Wash your hands. Yes, please. And yes. <laughs>